testing. All right. Now y'all can really hear me yell. All right. Uh, there are many different kinds of strengths. Um, the most important strength that you need is the one in the Lord. Uh, true Christian strength is not measured physically. It's, it's, it's spiritual. Um, it's measured in perseverance. It's measured in faithfulness. It's measured in truth. Um, the strength of truth is you walking in that truth. You walking in the understanding of who God is and the revealed character of God through the scriptures and through the Son. Um, perseverance, you persevering in what you've been called to do. Um, you've been called out of darkness. You've been, you, you were, I don't know what part of life that your, you know, your calling came. Me, I was 17 years old. I was quick into the reality of who God was. Now it's time to persevere. I was walking blindly in the dark, completely lost completely ignorant to the character of God and who God is. And now it's time to persevere. All right? Um, faithfulness, to remain faithful to the one who's called me. God has called me out of darkness. To remain faithful to him. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, um, there's, many, um, there's many things that, that we struggle with in the natural realm. Um, things such as, Loss of loved ones. We struggle with illnesses. These are physical struggles. We struggle with failed plans, failed hopes, prayers with no answers, or at least we think. Questions without answers, should I say. Pain without reason. These are things that we struggle against. These are things that, that we battle with in the natural realm, but the spiritual realm is different. Um, Satan is our adversary, and we're going to be talking about Satan today. We're going to be talking about knowing him as our enemy, and we're going to be talking about how we can defeat him as our enemy, according to the scriptures. Satan opposes us. Satan wants to devour us. Satan wants to destroy us. He wants you to be in that unending grave where he's going to spend eternal blackness and darkness away from God, and that's what he desires. But the blood of Christ has guaranteed deliverance from that fate. Jesus has bought us with his blood, and he ensures that those who are so bought will not be lost. Amen? Praise God, right? So, let's talk a little bit about, um, about what God wants from us. God wants us to remain strong in Him. He wants us to remain strong in Him because there's a spiritual battle that's taking place. And that battle is not against physical things. It's against powerful forces of darkness. So what is the spiritual battle? A spiritual battle is a battle against spiritual forces. Ephesians 6.12 says, and Pastor Vanessa read this, and I read it, and we're going to have it up here, and we're going to read it again. How about that? Amen? <laughs> Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the cosmic powers that present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. This is what we're battling against, and this battle takes many different forms. Addictions. Addiction to drugs, addiction to sexual immorality, addiction to alcohol, um, this uh, loss of loved ones, uh, cov coveting, um, hatred of people, hatred of God. All right, this is the, um, these are the battles that are taking place. Um, pride. And see, all of these battles does not mean that you can go ahead and pinpoint the devil and say, man, I hate that old devil. That devil, man... I was stealing the other day, and it's all the devil's fault, all right? You can't blame the devil for everything. It's not the devil's fault, all right? You would teach your kids, take responsibility for your actions. 
That's the same thing you got to preach to yourself daily. You take responsibilities for the things that have, you've decided to do, that you've decided to participate in, that you've decided, decided to submit to, or vice versa, the things that you've decided not to do. You hear the Spirit of God, go pray, go read, and you click the TV on, or you, or you do something different, all right? You can't blame the devil for everything. However, there are spiritual forces that are out there that want to weaken you. They want to knock you down. They want to trample over you. And they're seeking to make the sin in you worse than it already is. So with that said, we're going to talk a little bit about knowing your enemy. And the disciples here that you see in front of you are going to help me with that. The verses that are going to be shown are kind of paraphrased. However, they say what they say. You can write them down, all of you students of the words, and you can go and see that it's a, it's a good paraphrase. <laughs> We're not taking anything out of context or ripping anything uh, to shreds here. So <clears throat> with that said, we'll go ahead and um, get familiar with our enemy according to the scriptures. Amen? Amen. It's important that we know our enemy. Because matter of fact, let me touch on this real quick. What, when you think about your worst enemy, what do you think of? Do you think of most powerful? you think of the fastest? Most innovative? Largest? I'll give you all of those put together and it still ain't your worst enemy. Your worst enemy is the one that you don't know about. See, if you don't know about your worst, if you don't know about your enemy, you'll be destroyed before you even know what hit you. And that's the lie of the devil. Satan wants you to believe that he doesn't exist. Now we as the church, we know he exists. Amen? It's by faith. But that is a lie of the devil. Amen? Faith is very important. <clears throat> so with that said, we're going to see what Satan's aims and his strategies are. Disciple Joel Nieves! Christina Simpson. Marcus Ireland. 
Celeste Menendez. Disciple Jordan Vega. Y'all got me laughing up here. Because I know y'all are clapping for the for the youth, the, the, the great disciples. But this was talking about all that Satan does in y'all. <laughs> like, we know who Jesus is, so it's all good. But, and we're going to get to that, but I, it just tickled me. If we, um, if we submit ourselves to God, he will give us the power to resist the devil. Amen? And he will flee. The key is submission to God. I don't run around talking about, in the name of Jesus, y'all ain't read your Bible in two years. Y'all are going to be like the book of Acts running out butt naked because they're going to be like, I don't know who you're talking about. Y'all remember the story in the book of Acts, they're trying to cast out demons. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. But there could also not be power in the name of Jesus. All right? That seems kind of weird to hear at the pulpit, right? Think about it. In that last day, will I not say, I've cast out demons in your name. Depart from me, I never knew you. Okay? So it's submitting to God, knowing who Jesus is, and in surrenderance to him, making sure that you allow him to fight your battles. Um... So we're not merely fighting frail men with their physical and mental deficiencies, their physical and mental uh, restraints. A man can only do, I don't care how strong they are, what the laws of physics allow them to do, right? And mentally, someone's only going to understand what they understand and know what they know. They can't go beyond that, all right? That's not who we're battling against. We're battling against the whole host of falling angels, the ones who are in charge of uh, of, of the world of sadness, the world of sin, the world of ignorance. That is why we have to fight a battle with spiritual weapons. So with that said, I want to talk about three people that you may know, you may have heard of, should I say, because I know none of y'all know them personally, unless y'all are really old up in here. Solomon, Samson, and David. Disciple Marcus, Ireland. Disciple R.J. Nieves. Disciple Robert Guzman. <laughs> what he meant to say was he sought to honor and glorify God. Just look at the Psalms and their beautiful poetry of adoration. That sound about right, Disciple Ron? Amen. <laughs> so all three of these men, you're talking about the wisest man to ever live, the strongest man to ever live according to the scriptures, all right, and arguably the most devoted to God that ever lived, all right, arguably. A man after God's own heart, we can't say. All three of these individuals were no match for the schemes of the devil. Disciple Marcus Ireland.
Disciple R.J. Nieves. Disciple Robert Guzman. As wise, as strong, and as devoted, these men fell at the schemes of the enemy. If you think the devil ain't powerful, then you're naive. Is he more powerful than Jesus? Absolutely not. Never claim that, never will claim it, because I know it's not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. But don't put your guard down. Don't be blinded to the reality of the spiritual battle that's taking place. Amen? Amen. God wants you to be strong in him because the spiritual battle can only be won by putting on his armor. So right now we're going to talk about the armor of God. In Ephesians 6, 14, we get two parts of the armor of God. We get the truth and we get the righteousness. The first part is the truth. To gird yourself, gird your waist with the belt of truth, right? Y'all have all heard that before, right? All right. What is the truth? Truth is the revelation of God. Found in Christ and known in the scriptures. What did Pilate say? What is truth? Truth was standing right in front of him. Jesus, the second part of the Trinity, came down to earth and he revealed the revelation of God while he walked here. He revealed the character of God. He revealed who God was. God is truth. You study your scriptures. You dwell in your scriptures. You know your scriptures because it reveals the character of God. It reveals who God is. That's the truth you're girding yourself with. Faith is an important part of all this, and we're going to get to that as well. The second one is, is the breastplate of righteousness. God freely gives righteousness through His Son. If you're born again of God, you're righteous. It's imputed righteousness. That means it's been given to you. You've, it's been attributed to you. You're born again. You're a child of God. The dead man is gone. He's passed away. That's why we're not of this world. The world is full of dead people walking. Spiritually. All right? We live by the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. That imputed righteousness is yours. God has given it to you. Amen? Amen. In verse 15, Ephesians 6, 15, shod your feet with the gospel of preparation to share, to share the gospel message of peace. What is the gospel message? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. It is the good news of the kingdom of God. It is the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This message needs to get out. Church, we got to get this out. That's how our feet. Some of us, we spend so much time picking out Nikes and whatever shoes we wear. How much time do you spend preparing to know the gospel so that you can proclaim the gospel? In Ephesians 6, 16, it talks about the shield of faith. Faith is the, is the assurance of what's hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is beautiful, and I couldn't wait to talk about this one because we're not talking about the armor of God. I don't want you guys to go home and get a white t-shirt and write breastplate of righteousness and wear it as your undershirt every day. That's not what I want you to do, all right? That's physical. We're talking spiritual, all right? So when you wake up in the morning, if you got that shield of faith, that's causing you to see spiritual things. That's causing you to understand there's a God there that's listening to you. That's directing your path. There's an adversary that's there to destroy you, to knock you down, to, to take you down. 
When you understand that and you wake up and you say, God, I love you. God, I know you. God, I am righteous because it's been imputed to me. This is your cry in the morning. This is your devotion to him. Remind yourself, it's okay to do that. God, thank you for the righteousness that's been given to me through Christ. Thank you for revealing you to me because you are truth and there's so much false in the world. Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, Islam. Name any religion that's not Christianity, I'll tell you, that that is a lie from the pit of hell. And if you study it enough and go down to the roots of it, you'll see it's a lie from the pit of hell as well. A lot of them came from the 1800s. Even Seventh-day Adventists. Amen? Now, I will say this. I'm not saying that every Seventh-day Adventist is going to hell. I am not saying that. Because they do have some essential doctrines that are very important, like faith in Christ alone, through grace, you're saved, not of works. Jesus is Savior, born of a virgin. They believe in these essentials. And I haven't studied nowhere near enough to be able to come out here and tell you why I think you need to shun them all. Okay? But I am saying this. They, they started around the same time Mormonism broke off and Jehovah's Witness and all that started breaking off. Um, so, kind of got a little sidetracked there. Um, faith. By faith, you're putting on the armor of God. By faith, you're putting it on. All right? Verse, uh, oh, faith. Okay, it's the assurance of what's hoping, the evidence of things not seen. It's a bond that God loves. God loves that bond between man and him. The bond of faith. The bond that gets you up in the morning that says, Daddy, I love you. You ain't talking to the walls. God loves that bond. Without faith, you cannot please God. Hebrews 11, 6. Verse 17, Ephesians 6, 17, the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation, Christ is the sinner. Without Christ, there is no salvation. So Christ is the sinner of the helmet of salvation. All right? It's the greatest gift ever given by God. Salvation. You're freed from your sins. Romans 6, 23, by, for the wages of, of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift from God. You've been delivered from the pit of hell the grip that it had on you, it no longer has. It's been broken. You've been freed from sin, freed to understand the gospel, freed to believe the gospel, freed to live in righteousness and in truth. Amen? That's the helmet of salvation. That's what, by faith, you're putting it on. I know I'm saved. You called me out of darkness. You're gearing up. Like Bishop said, he used to gear up with, that, with, the, with, the, uh, with the armor of God. Not that he does it now, but it was, uh, I can't re-communicate the story, but it was, it, was, it, was, uh, it was faith, man. That's what it was. He was just so zealous and young that he was really diligent on making sure that he, he was putting this armor on. Hey, look, I got some stories about myself, too, so y'all can't laugh. Some of y'all could probably got some stories about yourself. I know my wife would tell you, I used to, when I first got saved, I had a, my favorite ice cream. It was uh, Starburst Sherbert Briars. They don't even make it no more. I, I was, I've been wanting to write Briars for a long time. I ain't got around to it. Starburst Sherbert. Oh, that was good ice cream. And uh, I didn't pray over my ice cream. And I took a bite and I said, oh, man, I didn't pray. I went and threw it away. That was the last bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I promise you, 
It's just spiritual immaturity. I mean, I just, look, man, I just loved God, and I thought I was supposed to, I thought it was, like, sinful not to pray for your food, you know? So I was like, man, I can't be doing this. That, that's a, that, that, that ice cream is dirty now, you know? <laughs> Unclean ice cream. It was unleavened. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I get a kick out of that when I think about it. But the helmet of salvation, you're, you're free to do this, and, and you're free to do it through Jesus Christ. And in verse 17, there's, there's two. There's the helmet of salvation, and there's also the sword of the Spirit, which is the word that teaches you, it guides you, it admonishes you. And it's worthy for you to study it so you know what's acceptable before God and to God. And you should study it. You should know it. You should, communi- you should, you should commit to scripture memory verses being written on your heart because it's that powerful and it's not okay just to hear other people share the gospel it's not okay just to hear other people share scriptures because the word of God is living and powerful it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart as you read it and as you study it and as you dwell in it as you say God lead me through these scriptures God I don't understand what I'm reading here but help me alright as you do that you're going to start seeing some things, some, some decisions you made, some ways you felt that you thought were okay. You're going to start seeing, man, that was wrong. Why? Because the scriptures are going to do what they say they're going to do. They're going to discern the thoughts and intents of your own heart. You're going to understand what the purpose is behind what you're choosing to do and what you're deciding to do and what you're wanting to do, what you're planning to do. God will reveal it to you. And guess what? It gives you opportunity to repent. When you start, when you start getting heart-checked by the scriptures... Okay? And it's not just to heart check you, but it's to, it's, it's to align you. It's to help you understand what's right and wrong. You can't get that from listening to other people. To a degree, yes. And I would admonish you to do this as well. As you study and you get all this revelation, all right? Don't get crazy. Because you've seen Satan misuses scripture, all right? What does that mean? That means if you think you done found something out, God done Joseph Smith you, Okay? If y'all don't know what that means, that's, that's how the, 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 the Mormon church was founded. All right? Um, so you got this special revelation. You need to go to your leadership. Okay? And say, hey, I was reading through the scriptures. We're going to say, good job. You've been, you've been reading the scriptures. You've been studying. That's good. And then you're going to say, but look what, I, look what I've seen. And you're going to point something out. And we're going to say, man, look, that's not what the scripture is saying. That's out of context and it's not right. And you're going to humbly say, oh. And you're going to pray, and you're going to ask God to continue to show you, and you're going to continue doing it. Because that's what's necessary. I got to do it. We all got to do it. All right? And it's okay to do that. And sometimes you can check it with church history as well. Check out the church fathers. If you're believing something that's totally rogue, totally crazy, it's a good chance that you got it wrong, not everybody else. All right? So be diligent to study the scriptures, but also be wise in making sure that Satan ain't trying to misuse those scriptures to lead you astray. All right? So why do you take the armor of God? You take up the armor of God so you won't be naked and without strength. You put on clothes so you ain't naked, right? the armor of God so you're not naked. Don't go out there vulnerable to the enemy. Don't wake up, rush out the house because you're a little bit late. And, and, and you, you don't really communicate with God. You don't really think about the righteousness of God. You don't really think about your salvation. You don't really think about the faith that you have in the God that's woken you up from your bed. 
You don't really think about the revealed character of God, that truth you should have around your waist. Don't do that. We can't do that, church. That's what the world does. So, also so you remain strong. So you remain strong in the faith, rooted in the gospel, engulfed in truth, surrendered to truth, victorious in faith. It's the armor of God that you wear that's going to keep you safe and strong. It's already been field tested and proven. Do not depend on your own provisions for battle. Depend on God's provisions for battle. And the provisions he's given you is Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, 10 through 20. I'm not saying that's the only provision, but I'm saying that's a good one. You can start there for sure. Amen? And now that reminds me of, uh, of a story. We talked about David a little bit earlier. Speaking of provisions for battle, David, when he went out to fight Goliath, um, Saul geared him up, put this big bronze helmet on him, this big coat, and gave him the sword. And he, you know, he couldn't really do much with it. He was a shepherd boy, and, and he said, I can't wear this. I haven't tested it. So he took it off, grabbed his staff, went down to the brook, grabbed five smooth, smooth stones, put them in his little shepherd pouch, had his sling with him. Now, that doesn't seem like very... Uh, intelligent young man there. He's going out to battle against a nine-foot giant that can crush him in his hands with five smooth stones. That's what the world would say. See, earlier in his life, he had killed a lion and killed a bear with that sling. And then moreover, he says in 1 Samuel, he says, the Lord has delivered me from the paw of a lion and from the paw of a bear. He'll deliver me from the, paw of the, from the hand of the Philistines. And Saul said, Go, David, may the Lord be with you. So he went out with the armor of God. Faith, righteousness, the word, truth. And he went out to battle to see the opposition that the devil has brought before the children of Israel. That the devil has brought before God's people, God's chosen people. And he went before Goliath, not with a spear, not with a javelin, not with an arrow, not with a sword. He took the stone with the sling and he crushed the opposer's head. Just like God said in the garden that the serpent's head would be crushed. Goliath was a manifestation of the serpent. And David defeated him with a stone. So what did David do? David depended on the Lord and the company of the Lord. The provisions of what God had given him to win the battle, and he had faith to do so. So God wants you to be strong in him because the spiritual battle is won, second, through prayer. In verses 18 through 20, we talk, the scriptures are talking about prayer here. And notice all the alls, all right? Pray at all times in the spirit. This doesn't mean like every second, but it means about all things. Amen? Have a mindset of prayer. Why? Because you got that shield of faith. You know that God's listening. You know that God's hands are all up in the mix. All right? So communicate with him. Pray at all times in the spirit with all perseverance. You guys hear that? All perseverance. This will cut me. If it didn't cut you, you might want to listen to it again. With all perseverance. That means that you keep on praying even though it doesn't seem like you got what you wanted out of the prayer. It seems like God didn't answer it, but you keep 
persevering in prayer with all perseverance for all the saints. Are you praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you praying for the leadership? Are you praying for your bishop? The scriptures are telling you to. This is how we're going to win the battle. Even as Paul asked for prayer so that he might be able to speak the gospel, though Paul is long dead and we cannot pray for him, we can also pray for those who are furthering the gospel message. Amen? Amen. I'm going to conclude with this. In order for you to be strong, in order for you to fight the good fight of faith, you must put on faith, righteousness, and salvation. You must use the gospel, which is the word of God. And last but not least, you must pray. The armor of God is something we put on by faith, church. It's not something that is, how do I say it, mystical, if you will. It's not, you know, it's imagery, yes, but there's purpose behind this armor. The revelation of God, the righteousness that's been imputed to you. You're dead to yourself. You're alive in Christ. The salvation that you've been given freely is a gift. The word of truth that is inerrant and will guide you and lead you and teach you and instruct you, correct you. The shield of faith that makes all of this reality to your mind. You know, I wanted to throw this plug in there too. I didn't get to. When we were talking about spiritual battles, how we had the physical and the spiritual. I would admonish that another spiritual, man, this isn't even going to sound right coming. I should have, I should have, I missed it. I missed my opportunity, Bishop. I missed it. I'm going to say it anyways because now y'all are like, what are you going to say? Another spiritual battle is, um, I said depression. I think a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the diagnosis that a psychiatrist gives are part of a spiritual battle. I think it's demonic activity. And I think the church should not run to medications, but the church should run to Jesus. Amen. Now, when I say this, I'm talking about things that can't be proven through test. I'm not talking about you go and find out you have an infection and you need to take some antibiotics. All right, take your antibiotics, please. We don't want to lose you. There's too much work to be done here. But I'm talking about you go sit with somebody for 10 minutes and they try to tell you that your kids are this and your kids are that and they need this kind of pills and that kind of pills. My kids can be ADHD. I can tell you that right now. I promise you they can. I can get some Ritalin or something to calm them down. I don't want to. Amen? I think it's demonic. And now, understand, I'm not calling you demonic if you are participating in that stuff. But I think that the psychiatry industry has demonic roots, knowingly or unknowingly. That's just my opinion, church. Um, but that's how my mind works. I went to a rabbit trail or something. I'm sorry, but <clears throat> by faith, you put on this, 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 uh, this, this armor of God. So I admonish you all to do that. And um, with that said, we... Uh, we're going we're gonna to show you a video in regards to spiritual warfare. Amen? Can we get the lights, Martha, please? <laughs>